0: G'day guys, g'day ladies, welcome to another Guitar Wank Podcast, I am your host Troy McCubbin Thank you for joining us, wherever you are in the world, whatever you're doing We uh, really appreciate you spending your time with us And this is a good one, or is it? I don't know It's another Guitar Wank Podcast, it's 99, I'm a day late, shit got in the way Just busy But I wanted to get this out today and um, 99, can you believe it? Who'd have thought? Uh, Is next week going to be 100 or is it just going to be 99A and then uh, 99B, 99C? I don't know. I don't know what we're doing, to be honest. I really don't know what we're doing. But that's the fun of it, right? I think. Anyway, uh, love all the emails we've been getting. The support, the good, the bad, and the ugly—we've been getting them all, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Um, I really appreciate it. I, uh, yeah, without going into too much detail, I've uh, had—I've been called out. I've been, uh, yeah, I've been told, and uh, we are listening. So, so that's good. It's always good, and I really appreciate those people instead of just bailing on Guitar Wank, you know, having their say and uh, being able to talk back and forth, and it's been great. It's been really good, learning a lot. Um, As I always say, if you have a problem, a query, question, or just want to uh, vent or share, send it to guitarwank at gmail.com. Go to the website, guitarwank.com. Facebook, YouTube, all the standard crap that we deal with today. Um, it's a big one next week, ladies and gentlemen. Or, like I said, or is it? We actually none of us are going to be here. Um, Scott's—I don't think he's around. Bruce is going to be in Hawaii, and um, I'll be busy working. It's a crazy times. So, we're still trying to work out. We like to leave things to the last minute. We have gifts. And prizes to give away, some really good prizes. Thank you to Wireworld Pro Audio Cables. Um gotta thank Fender. uh dario Jimmy Dunlop, Johnny Sir, My Music Masterclass. Uh who else do we gotta thank? I'm sure there's more. Which is Elixir. I don't think I'm gonna to get to see you guys before the end of the year. The year is just disappearing. It's now it's just a scramble to uh, to get organized for Christmas. And, you know, you guys know what it's like. I feel like the only time I get to listen to a podcast of any sort is when I'm traveling on a plane or something like that. So, um, yeah. So, whatever you're doing, we hope you're enjoying it. And if you've made it this far, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. We really appreciate that. And all the donations... The few that come in, we can't thank you guys enough. And ladies, you know who you are. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so next week's going to be just interesting and a surprise. I don't know what's going to happen. It could be 99A, 99B, 99C. Until we're all together in one big happy family and we share the 100 together. I don't know. We actually did try and get Pat Marthena but he was in the studio and apparently his manager said he's not even talking to him at the moment who knows And we were going to have joe Bonamassa, but none of us were in town <laughs> when joe was like i'll do it yeah I-, I can come over and we're like no you can't because none of us are going to be here so that didn't work out either so you know just scheduling right schedule's a bitch everyone's busy man All right, let's get into it. Thank you so much again, everyone. We really appreciate it. Uh, Be safe out there. And Like Bruce keeps talking, community, 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 and we're all growing together. And this one is Bruce, Scott, and myself. And uh, what do we have in store for the listeners this week? I don't know. I don't remember. But anyway, uh, enjoy. (laughs) We'll see you next week, hopefully
1: that dog's nuts yeah. <laughs> it's really funny man. Mm. she scratched Kinsey she went up to Kinsey Kinsey had shorts on and he just went Ear! and Kinsey's got this big red mark down his leg <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, think my, I think my dog Ruby might do that <laughs> she's so friendly that she just kind of yeah. it's, it's been painful I've got like two like cuts on my lip and you know like yeah all these look all these scratches you know i love just, it man yeah. <laughs> josh has an insane it's just like with my dog hurts me let's <laughs> well, start
1: her up dude okay we're,
2: we're going
1: what we do you mean started. we're going well, i don't, we just started I don't have a the, drink
0: yet we can't just, be going we just start. started hit me we got it. ready go do we have oh. any uh
3: you're supposed to bring supposed us, us in bring us
0: let's go this is guitar link
2: So can you do that a little more uh, enthusiastically?
1: <laughs> that was that was a really brilliant effort. I was man.
0: just trying to think of something smart. Really I just ent- didn't. Work I really enjoyed all. it. That yeah. didn't work did at <laughs> all. Did you learn anything? <laughs> you should learn from that. It's, never yeah. to do that again. I'll just do it again. Just- this is Guitar Wank podcast, and uh, this is episode, I don't know. This, this is, is the nail list. This is the, another one. we got another Guitar Wank with Scotty Henderson <laughs> and up? Bruce Foreman.
3: Hi, hi, uh, Brucey Foreman. So, how are you doing? What's uh, up? <laughs>
2: Things aren't going so good in my world anymore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, there's a I've high been, point to watching start the show. Yeah, that's a good way to start Vietnam the show. Thing on
0: TV. Uh, everyone's watching a, the Vietnam it's been thing. It's bumming me out. I, I've been taping it. I saw What's one that? of it. The Vietnam It's amazing. My, it's amazing Ken Burns. Right? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah.
1: yeah. I want to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. It's amazing. Just amazing. Ken Burns. I also want to watch that Lady Gaga documentary because oh, i know on, i'm gonna vietnam. enjoy that I yeah, know, lady gaga in vietnam, in vietnam I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna enjoy that because i like lady gaga so i'm gonna enjoy that no i
0: never did but i do i do now because she I like she won me over man. she's i like she's her a lot. i've
1: always liked her yeah she's and, badass uh, and i think that documentary from what i've seen of it, it looks pretty entertaining <laughs> really so yeah yeah it looks really good i know angela's dying to see it so uh, we're going to watch that's it. That's where we have a
0: guitar wank. Vietnam and Lady Gaga. Yeah, there you go. They're, that's what we're doing yeah. with that And lives. I'm
1: mad. I got a, I got a, a big bitch that I'd like to express. Go ahead. Oh. You know. well, you Controversy? Know, is, it, is it about it, me? No, no. It's not uh, even about Trump. It's about our <laughs> Apple. Uh, oh. This, this time it's CBS. So I just want to shout out a big fuck you to CBS because they're greedy assholes, manipulative <laughs> pieces of shit. Because they did put out a new Star Trek, and all of us Star Trek fans do want to see it, but the only way you can see it is to stream it. And that wouldn't be a big deal if you could buy Star Trek separately. Like, you know, I always buy TV shows. I love The Walking Dead. I buy it on iTunes. Whatever I like, I buy it on iTunes. I am more than happy to pay for my entertainment. I would never think about stealing it or whatever. I'm happy to pay for it, but... CBS is not selling Star Trek separately. What they're doing is making you stream their whole network, which is already on TV for free. The only thing that's not on TV is Star Star Trek. Trek. So they're basically using extortion to get Star Trek fans to pay for their whole network. It is actually blatant extortion. And they're holding the show hostage. How much? What's that? How much is that... Subscription. It's a hundred dollars a year, commercial free, which is bullshit Chip, because, because ne- it's all Netflix, on TV. It's because it's all on TV. Yeah. And the thing is, is that how much is Netflix a year? Like, what is it? Eight dollars a month. It's, so it can be seven ninety nine or yeah. nine ninety nine. So let's say yeah. it's ten dollars. Let's say it's $120 a year. Yeah. Look what you get, get with right? Netflix. Yeah. You get tons of movies. You get tons of TV shows from all many different networks. You yeah. get everything. Yeah. With CBS, you know what you get? CBS. You get their fucking bullshit sitcoms that suck. suck. And you get the, I mean, they're news, so what? I mean, what do they fucking have to offer for $100 <laughs> a year besides? The extortion. Star Trek that everybody wants to see, but they're using extortion to get people to see it. So you know what I'm gonna do? What are you gonna do? I'm gonna do? fucking steal it. I'm gonna watch the pirated version because they have left me no choice. Good for you. You know, because I don't want people to steal my music, but I offer my CDs at a fair price. You're not extorting people. Not to I'm not extorting anybody. I'm not saying in order to get my new CD, you've got to buy my whole catalog.
3: Mm. You know, that, would like, that would be extortion.
1: That would be extortion. Just you. like if Guitar Center, if you wanted to go and buy a Boss DS-1, they said, yeah, you can buy that, but you've got to buy 10 other Boss pedals too. <laughs> so, or so, if we
0: said, you can watch this Guitar Wank episode, but you have to pay for every other oh one. Oh my
3: God. That, Which that, that we, horrible. maybe
0: we should do that. <laughs> that would really a be extortion. Idea. What a great yeah. idea. We should extort our fans. Yeah. So <laughs> fuck you, CBS, I'm done. So just fuck I, I, you. Hey, rather
2: than beg and, beg for, and plead, like <laughs> a, a bunch of desperate sad guys like we are <laughs> let's do some begging and pleading for money
1: now. Let's do a pledge <laughs> with you us. know you're a huge mm. trekkie well i'm not a really huge trekkie but i do like star trek and i do well the watch. new one looks really good i want to i want to watch it but yeah. i'll have to watch the pirated version because i'm not going to be a victim of extortion by cbs
0: fuck you cbs you know, you know you, c- cbs executives listen to the show
1: well, you know what? The good thing is that if you go on any serious. one of the discovery websites on our Discovery memes on Facebook yeah. and you'll see that it's got like four hundred, five hundred comments and you click the comments and look down, you'll see that about ninety percent of them are completely saying exactly what I'm saying. Right. They're all everybody is pissed off about this. It's just like like I don't know if you were around when the new version of Skype came out for iPhone, Mm -hmm. but you probably saw the reviews for it on Apple iTunes Store. I did, actually. It's the most most one-star reviews ever given for a computer product in history. Really? Yes. Wow. The most one-star reviews for computer software in the history of computing. So new Skype is bad? Horrible.
3: I mean, yeah, I've been using it. What's wrong? You
1: yeah. mean the new version for iPhone, the one that looks completely different oh, than I don't the one use you use on my iPhone? Oh, it yeah, it yeah. It see, it changed,
0: it changed automatically, right, with an update. Yes, and see, so I was like, "What the fuck happened to well, Sky?" Well, how does yeah, it change? Me too.
1: What, is it, what it, it? What hasn't changed? It's a completely new interface, and it's completely bullshit. Well, it's, fuck you, Sky. It Scott. hardly ever works. It's just oh, that's it's a drag. it's really bad. You know, the interface is confusing. You can't. It do, is confusing. It's just horrible and and you know like so many well like i said it's the the the, the most horribly reviewed piece of software in computing history wow well, thank you microsoft are for they gonna fix it up.
2: is skype owned by microsoft yeah so well I hope they so. all right fix it so here
1: we
0: microsoft. got? we got fuck you cbs fuck you skype who My, else microsoft Uh-oh. microsoft
2: i have a feeling i'm next
0: bruce have you got someone you're pissed off at we yeah. got cbs we got skype uh,
2: nothing I can talk about right now.
1: <laughs> uh, no, but he does, though. He does. He told me. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. He's
2: mad, for sure. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Sad and mm-hmm. perturbed. Yeah, he's perturbed. I'm and perturbed. I don't blame him for being perturbed. You know, but the chick moves on. Everything will be fine. Music is, is still the greatest thing. And uh, I hope everybody's playing and not geeking hope they're all just out there making great music, and making the world a better place, and building community, and uh, creating beautiful sound for everybody.
1: You're supposed to ask <laughs> us what we've been doing, bitch. Yeah, you're supposed to ask us what we've been doing.
3: <laughs> Who?
0: Me? You. Hey, you're you. the narrator. Uh, I'm the bitch, okay. Uh, Bruce, what have you been doing? Well, uh, I've been
2: doing kind of, I've been playing gigs. i got red guitar gigs coming up. I've been playing lots of different gigs. Uh you know with various bands got junkyard duo coming up i got uh i'm playing with a really cool singer down in san clemente tomorrow night which of course by the time people hear this i'll probably be back in san clemente playing with (laughs) a elvis impersonator (laughs) and um let me think i've been living the dream you know playing the guitar every day trying to figure out how to get my soul through it and uh what else have I been doing? Driving a lot.
3: Driving's good. I
2: drive a lot, and uh, so you know. I mean, what can I say? That's that's it. It's exciting to me, but da. I mean, I imagine it's very boring to everybody else.
1: That's I wouldn't it. say boring. But that's what you do all the time.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, there you
1: have it. <laughs> Mine will be just boring because that's what I do all the yeah. time. <laughs> you know, so I mean, whatever. You
2: know, I just uh, there's a lot. There's still a lot inside that guitar I'm trying to figure out. You know. Hey,
0: hey what's going on oh, with yeah. the Dumble shit?
2: Oh, you know, I haven't, I haven't heard from him. I'm hoping that somehow there will be a break in the action and I can kind of do that. I went to Norm's Rare Guitars today. That was fun.
0: Oh. Did you so find really something?
2: Indiv- no, I didn't play anything. I really it was really shocking how much great stuff there is there. And I was not compelled to play anything I saw. I just it was just like kind of looking. You know what I mean? It's like going to the mall and looking at stuff. It was just it was beautiful. I mean, it's just so great how much art, you know, artisan craftsmanship you know and love went into all those instruments and all the history that's there you know from the new to the old it's just really great you know Eh, whatever (laughs) sorry i'm sorry i'm not so yeah you know i'm i mean it's it's beautiful but it's not very interesting it's not edgy you know i know what do you mean it's not edgy not being edgy and cool
0: (laughs) 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 I don't, I don't know how to come back to that. Uh, you're not being you know, edgy and cool. We've never been edgy and
2: cool. Yeah, that's what people are supposed to be now, right? Edgy
0: uh, and cool. But, uh, hmm. I don't even know what edgy and cool is anymore. Well,
2: fuck you.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was edgy and cool. Well, there you go. See, so you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah, right, true. do you guys want a question? I thought you were going to ask me oh, what I'm okay. doing. What nice, you, Scott?
2: Nice so, job, well, Troy. Besides the politics <laughs> and the Star Trek, I thought you would. What <laughs> have you been doing?
1: Um, well,
2: sounds to me like that's a full-time job. But I it is know. a full-time <laughs> job. No, I,
1: seriously, though, I have. I'm on. I'm up to eight tunes for the new album, and I'm really happy about it. And uh, they're really. I'm really proud of these tunes. It's going to be a way more harmonic album than Vibe Station, I think. K? Okay. So. uh... And it's it's definitely going to have a lot of harmony. And, but I hope that it's still going to have that blues edge that my records tend to have, because when I play, I tend to play blues. So <laughs> whatever. And uh, yeah, I'm just really happy with the way the writing has been going, because it's been hard, and, and I had to do a lot of um, uh, fixing. You know, like you write a tune and then come in every day and realize that some things aren't right and fix them and fix them and fix them and fix them. And I realize now that I'm kind of getting into this frame of mind where they will be continued to be fixed until they're actually, the record is stamped onto a CD. Are
0: you, are are you going to play them live first?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sort of realizing that I'm a different person every day and I come in and like, I might like it when I write it and then the next day I realize no it's not it's not right it's, it's not there and then finally after about now almost two weeks I've listened to all the music and I can't find anything I don't like that's so cool that's, that's a good great place I mean that's a great place to be in because it <clears throat> took a lot it's, it's been almost seven months since I started writing so that's a good place to be because I feel like I've I got this you, you know? know your vibe
0: and, tonight was a lot different too
1: well, I don't know, but anyway, I just feel good about it, and now and now that I know, now that I know that the guys really know the music, you know the the rhythm section, and I know that they're going to add a lot of stuff to it, and then when we go out and play, it's even going to get more organic and it's going to gel more because Right. you know every is it, even as much as if I like a tune, it still sounds like a computer sequence because obviously it's not real musicians playing, but. Yeah. stuff live what i'm hoping is that all that organic stuff that when you play off each other and stuff and i figure out different ways to play different things and it'll all kind of come together and i'm really looking forward to it i'm really looking forward to go out on the road and playing these tunes <laughs> do, do we have
0: a potential name for the album or not yet no
1: but but we we are recording in early february and then i'll probably work on the album for for maybe three or four months and then yep. it'll be out so, are so, you going to use the yeah.
0: players that you're playing with? Mm hmm. Yep, those guys. Yes,
1: yeah, Romain LeBay on bass and yep. Archibald Liguanier on drums. They're so both. You French, bring them, so bring them out Paris. here and you guys yeah. record. They're coming out here anyway because they're coming for NAM.
0: Oh, okay, cool. So, while
1: they're out here, we're going to record.
0: And we'll yeah. see you at the Baked Potato?
1: I think we are doing a NAM show at the Baked Potato. Yep. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. NAM Nam Baked Potato, and then um, and then we're going to do a gig in Vegas. We might do Alvas. I'm not sure right. yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'm working oh, on cool man. whatever doing. Maybe
0: that. maybe we can get the guys on the show?
1: Sure. I'm sure they love to be on the show. Yeah. yeah. And they're young guys, man. They're in their twenties. <coughs> and they're really they're really playing great. Yeah. They really sound really they, they sound awesome. very good. So it's fun. So you guys have been having busy. Having a good time. Busy, busy. Yeah, now what I'm trying to do is get these new tunes under my fingers, which is <laughs> so it makes me so mad you know that 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 video the world the world's angriest guitar player <laughs> you've seen that right bruce oh yeah i, oh, you know, yeah. Well, I love that guy right and, yeah. and he hits his hand he always hits his hand when he makes a mistake that's how i am like when i'm trying to learn new shit i'm going to my hand god damn it god damn it wow no why why can't you do the things i'm asking you to do 'Cause I'm trying to play voicings that I've never played before <laughs> or get from one voicing to another voicing a move that I've never done. Right. And I don't know why it takes me so damn long to it just does. Do
0: you doing doing all this, do you focus on like do you have a set program where it's like I'm gonna do just this tune a day or sometimes do do I it? have to. Right.
3: Yeah.
1: Sometimes I say today is the this tune only. Right. Yeah. Because not only am I practicing being able to play the the chords and melody at the same time, and all the voice shit, but I have to solo over the changes, or even if it's a one chord thing, I want to be comfortable at this tempo, and I want to explore how many ways I can get outside without, maybe without uh, completely destroying the sensibilities of the tune. Because some tunes, they don't ask for outside playing, and some tunes do. You know, so on the ones that do, I'm going like, okay, I'm going to take it out, but what do I want to avoid? Because some of the sensibilities in the harmony are not from a certain way of thinking outside. They're from another way of thinking outside. Right. So I want to play the way, I want to play the outside way that fits the tune. And sometimes that's not, like say for example, diminished. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to play, take a diminished thing, if it, if there's nothing diminished in the song then I don't feel that is the way to take it out because there's nothing even close to it in the song right but if there's some other element of of outness in the song already that's more the direction I want to take in my right. solo to take it more out in a certain way I might actually play over a chord progression that isn't there Yeah. you know what I'm saying like like many jazz players yeah. do yeah. you ask them what are you playing when you're playing out they say, I'm not really playing out, I'm playing inside over a chord progression that doesn't exist except for in my own mind. (laughs) Right, Bruce? You jazz guys are just making this shit up. No, I mean, it's true, it's true. I mean, I've heard guys play giant steps over one chord. (laughs) They play play the the changes in the thing and you can clearly hear, I can, maybe the audience can, I don't know, but I can hear that, yeah, they're playing over giant steps for a minute but it's only on a one chord vamp. And eventually they come back into that one chord thing, but they took a little segment or they took some two fives and they're playing over that, over the, the, the one chord vamp. And it's, it's a, it's a fun and intelligent way to play outside, to play over an imaginary set of changes. Right. Instead of thinking of it completely linearly and linearly and thinking diminished scale, this scale, that scale, you know, not thinking scales, thinking of a chord progression, thinking of right. a tune.
0: But don't you guys think? Do you guys think probably more chords and stuff like that than scales? right? Yeah, yeah.
1: I do, but yeah. and I'm sure Bruce does. Most jazz players do, I think. But
3: but that would yeah. be
2: affirmative. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. so. Am I working here? I can't see my little track on the on the. What did you do? All the all the things. Yeah, you're there. Oh, okay. It's
0: just the other tracks are a little bit bigger. On oh, screen. I see.
2: So, I get the point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's it uh, for me, Troy. I'm about done. Politics. That's what it is. No, yeah. Uh, okay. I'm done. Yeah, braces. All right.
1: I'm feeling better now. <laughs> did you want to throw a question at us? No, yeah. not really. We can just. Oh, see I thought you were had your. You, you were looking at. You've been staring at your uh, your MacBook. <laughs> so I thought you were going to ask us questions. <laughs> no, I
0: got questions here. We got a lot of questions here on. Um, we get them through uh, the website and we get them through other means. That I
1: referred a bunch of people to you because people have been emailing at me at oh, my thanks. email address. And I say, <laughs> you got to send that to Guitar Went yeah. because that's something we could talk about on the show. I don't really want to private email you this answer because I don't use my email for that. That makes so sense. Well, we've been
0: getting a lot, a lot of supportive emails.
3: Well, we um, getting a supportive. I
2: actually, I got to look in the in the uh, bank statement. Are we getting supportive uh, donations? Oh my God, it's off the chain!
3: Wow, <laughs> we're rich.
0: We could Let's really get back use to the finances,
2: folks. Folks, we'd really like your support. We're having a pledge drive right now, and uh, <laughs> he's, he's on the phones. We're, 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 who do we have on the phones? Well, we have David McCubbin. He's he's answering phones. If you can't understand him, well, get an Australian to interpret for you. And um, Call yeah, in we, now. We we got special gifts for uh, pledgers over the $1,000 level. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're really trying to get some money for a new t-shirt for Troy. So <laughs> uh, see if you can help us out with that.
0: Well, that's exactly what we are doing. And uh, we appreciate if you call in and donate. I said donate gear. You can donate gear. You can? Yeah. Oh,
1: yes. oh, I bought a new piece of gear. Holy snap induction. Oh, what I mean, the? So the excited.
2: What the hell? You spent your own money? What? You didn't get an endorsement? On what?
1: well well i I did I spent money because I wanted to see well first of all Seymour Duncan sent me this pedal they, they sent me some pickups because I a guy you know what a guy gave me a Les Paul on the tour in Russia for free what? and he just gave it to me. And he said, I want you to have this Les Paul. And I, said, I stole this. It's hot, you need to get it this out some of the country. stuff, <laughs> it's probably bugged. You know, so, They probably um, just brought in yeah. fake news. But really? I went on the web and I looked at it, and it's actually a rare, very rare Les Paul that they only made a handful of in 2001, and it's made out of Carina wood. And it's supposed Ooh. to sound really nice, And um, and but I won't know because I have to put good pickups in it, because no Gibson pickups are good pickups. So I have to put Seymour um, wow. Duncan... Wow, <laughs> you heard in that it. here first, <laughs> folks. Yeah, well, it's true. <laughs> um, um, anyway, the, the, I put I, I will put Seymour Duncan pickups in it, and of course I have to change the pots out to 500k pots, because Gibson uses 300k pots that sound like shit in their guitars. And, you know, Gibson's just, like, lost, been lost for many years. So, okay. so. anyway, once I change the pickups in the pots, I'll be able to compare it to my other Les Paul and see if I really like it. But how, I, I, it ought did, to sound really good. How
0: did you find all this information on the Les Paul? What's that? How did you find out the information? I just went
1: thing? on the web and I found it. I I looked up the serial number. Oh, I need to do guitar. that on mine. I yeah, I just, I just entered Gibson in the serial number yep. and it came up. As a two thousand limited edition custom shop Les Paul, and he gave it to you. Gave it. It's worth about eight grand.
2: Wow! Why
0: did
1: and he give it to you? And you had to carry a, it around. He's a fan. Though. No, no. My my agent in 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 uh, Russia brought shipped it back it to New York, and then shipped it to me from New York. Oh, wow. that's sweet so um yeah so and it's a beautiful guitar has this guy and, given um, other
0: guitars he's been
1: out? he's given guitars to other famous guitar oh, players he's a rich. can you to, introduce he's me to your guy. agent over yeah. there <laughs> it was just really nice it was a, i i did a workshop there and he just said man i want you to have this as a gift wow and i was like wow thanks
0: rich russian guy
1: well, I don't know, I he's can't, I don't know if he's rich. He probably stole it off of somebody. Whatever. You yeah. know,
0: he's really anyway, Russian but, um, mafia. I'm man. really
1: grateful to have wow, it, because it, really be cool. it should be a great sounding guitar. But, the reason I brought it up is because yep. I talked to Seymour Duncan, uh, not to Seymour, but the artist relations people there, yep. and they said, yeah, mm-hmm. well, glad to send you some pickups, why don't you try this pedal out, because we really like it, you might like it. And they sent me this pedal, it's called a Forza. A who's that? Forza Forza F O R Z Z A Forza Forza, Forza in Forza.
2: Italian word means force. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: And whoa, what a great sounding pedal. Really? Amazing. Really amazing. And I, I talked to them about it. They're not trying to clone a Klon Centaur or Centaur or however you pronounce yeah, it, but the that's Klon. I have the Klon. It's right. the, I have the original and I love it and that's what I use for the majority of the high gain stuff on vibe station and i love that pedal this thing sounds i I can't say that it's a clone of it but it's very close and it sounds gorgeous it's a really really good pedal and and seymour duncan seymour duncan is it out it's out It's, it's been out for a while and and it's not that expensive it's like 175 bucks or something damn so i've been telling my friends about it because you know the clones are so, so ridiculously expensive on the on the internet. If you want an a, a, original, it's
0: ridiculous. Original, right?
1: but then I realized that I've been meaning to check out Bill Finnegan, the guy who makes the clone, is making a new version of the clone called the Clone KTR, and it's red, mm-hmm. and it's got a really amazing statement on the front of it. It says, "I am in no way responsible for this hype about." this pedal or something <laughs> it's great man it's really funny so it's a KTR and I bought I just bought one and it was 260 bucks and I haven't heard it yet uh, it's coming on Saturday oh okay. but I'm really interested to see how close it comes to my Klon that I originally bought from Bill like I guess you know seven or eight years ago wow. when they were selling for 300 bucks yeah before he decided decided to stop making them yeah why did and, he stop? Well, I think it was because he was the only guy making it, and he just got tired of. He had so he was so back ordered, and he, he just he didn't want another company making them for him. He wanted to do the work himself. He didn't trust another company to do it. Yeah. But apparently, he's not making the Klond KTR, so he must have found a company he really trusted to, to make do to do it for him. Yeah. And he because he's behind it a hundred percent, and um. The reviews that I've read on it say that it sounds exactly like. The, wow. And I'm just curious. I yeah. bought it out of curiosity. I
0: want to I want to hear what yeah. you think and clone
2: Bruce what clon do you have? I have a 8-inch clon.
3: <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> Actually, that's
2: on a cold day.
3: Ah,
1: oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's good. That's yeah, really I'm good. just curious. I just want to hear with, what it sounds like. It's a it's a nice looking pedal. It's red and got pretty knobs on it. I love it. So we'll see.
0: Hey, um, I'm going to put new pickups in my Strat. Should I put Sir Landau pickups in it? I really like those. You or, like them?
1: You know, if you like the the more traditional sound, he makes these things, the V60LP, mm-hmm. and that's more like a pickup that you would actually find in a '50s or '60s Strat. Right. It's a little more scooped. It's like a real Strat pickup, where the Landau pickups have a little more mids, and it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's close to a humbucking at all. It still sounds like a single coil pickup, right. but it's just got a little more punchy punch in the mids, yep. and uh, um, it's just wound a little bit more than the, the V60s. Right. So it depends on what you like. If you want more of a thick lead sound... Like a Jeff Beck type of sound, I would go with the Mike Landau pickups. And if you want the really traditional, like, say, Stevie Stevie Ray Vaughan, really sweet Strat sound of the super traditional Strat sound, I'd go with the V60s. Can I have both? You could have one (laughs) set in one guitar and one set in another guitar.
0: (laughs) How... How far can we keep talking about gear until we just... Until Bruce Bruce
1: goes to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Pretty soon. All right. Let's get on to the questions. (laughs) Dave Webb. Sorry, man. Dave Dave Weckl. Dave Weckl has a question for us. No,
0: Dave Webb. Good on you, Dave. He loves the podcast and so he should because it'd be strange if he didn't and well, he was asking you know, question, Why would he
2: listen to it if he didn't? <laughs> <Right>? This
0: subject <laughs> oh, about... don't answer that question,
1: actually. I know the, why. The I know sub, people like that.
0: The subject regarding this whole topic here is vibrato.
1: What's that?
0: Uh, vibrato. This is the subject about this uh, that he wants to talk about. Mm-hmm. He said, I love the podcast, been listening to it instead of practicing far too often lately. Mm-hmm. So, uh, could we be blamed for that? I don't know. <laughs> I'd love to know Bruce and Scott's thoughts on vibrato. Up and down versus back and forth. Many players such as Ingve, y- uh, believe the vibrato is one of the most important elements in a player developing their individual voice on the guitar. Do Bruce and Scott feel the same way? Any players they think have especially great or sign- signature vibrato sounds. That's a great question. There's Dave.
1: a there's a lot of guys that have signature vibrato sounds. Well,
0: who who stands out to you, Bruce? Oh, Bill Frisell. Okay. Do you do you, are you a side-to-side or back
2: and forth up and down? Uh, you know, it depends. I, to me vibrato is a it's an ornament. Okay. to your, to your playing. So it should be controlled by the ear and by your taste and how much you want it. A lot of guitar players, particularly those who come from rock right. or blues and, and play jazz, have a tendency to wiggle their hands real fast when they, whenever they hold a note that's longer than an eighth note. And in, in the idiom of jazz, you know, the general style of jazz or swinging music or straight ahead, it conveys nervousness. Mm -hmm. And not, doesn't add sustain and do the thing that it does in rock and blues. So it's just important to be in control, you know. So I always have my students play without vibrato and then dial it in as is necessary for the statement they're trying to make. And there's numerous ways to do it. Uh, Frizzell not only kind of has like a circular vibrato with his hand, but he also moves his arm a lot to get vibrato.
0: Didn't you say you hated that?
2: Uh you asked me about a signature. You didn't ask me whether I liked
3: it. And I never said <laughs> I hate,
2: I never said I hated it. Uh I don't want to do it. Right. <laughs> but but I mean it's effective and he does it and it, it comes to mind as a signature vibrato. Right. Yeah. That and and what makes his so signature is that it's so audible and clear. It's not covered by a lot of distortion or gain. You know, it's very much the featured part of it. So, I mean, you know, all I'm saying is it's 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 an ornament to your sound. And, of course, it's a very personal thing and does carry, like I agree with Ingve, it carries a lot of personal expression. But it should be the kind of thing that you dial in as needed. Ultimately, vibrato changes the pitch. Hmm. So it can also obscure the center of the pitch by doing it. And it can be and it can often sound like somebody's using it to obscure the fact that they're out of tune.
0: Do you have a do you have a player in any realm of music that stands out to you that wow that's a great vibrato? Or, or Albert King, Albert King, yeah, yeah, Scotty?
1: Well, you know, geez, there's so many styles of vibrato. You know, like there's a, there's a blues kind of vibrato. Who's got which, who do you
0: think's got one of the best blues? Br- vibrato. Well,
1: I mean there's so many guys. I mean J- Jimmy Page has a, a a great vibrato. All the Led Zeppelin solos, um mm-hmm. really great. His his thing was kind of vibrato. He, he he kind of in the rock world, he in a way him and Hendrix, they were really it's essential listening in in vibro- vibrato. vibrato and and Jeff Beck too and yep. and all the all the blues rock guys, yeah, Stevie Ray too, and of course Albert King and all the guys the the, B. B. the blues players before them. And and um was finally was listening to a Scofield cut the other day, one of the newer things. I don't even remember what it was, but he played this one note and it had such an amazing vibrato on this note. He bent a B string up a whole step like everybody does, but it was just one of those golden moments where it was just the perfect vibrato for that moment. Yeah. And it was, boy, did he nail it. And I was thinking to my, my, myself, I have never heard him play such a good vibrato. That's the first time I had ever heard him play a vibrato of that amazingness. Right. <laughs> that was, and he has a good vibrato anyway, but there's this one note he played that just floored me because it was perfectly... Uh, done. It was yeah. a excellently executed vibrato. But then, you know, of course some guys use the bar for vibrato and, and I go back and forth like sometimes and I don't really know why. It's not a thing I think about. It just happens subconsciously. Sometimes I use the, the bar to vibrato a note and sometimes I use my finger and I don't really know what I'm going to do until the moment happens when right. I do it because I've got the two choices because the bar is almost always in my hand all the time. And even when I'm not using it, And, and, and I don't know what makes me decide to use one or the other, but they both have a completely different sound and they're both really cool. Yeah. So I don't know, but, but I can't really, um, it's one of those things that's hard to talk about. I show it to my students a lot, but I can't tell them I have to show them because it's this thing that you have to see and, I don't even know what this guy's talking about when he says back and forth or left and right. I don't even well, know what that means. Well, I think means.
0: Clapton he does a very hand movement where it's very up and down like instead of you know like that's just
1: No rock player does this. No, I know. That's a jazz player. Clapton move. does a very unique
0: yeah. kind of vibrato that I have sort of noticed that yeah. he, he doesn't do it like a lot Most of other Most people
1: players. grab the note and they twist their hand like this. Yeah. It's a twist from the wrist, yeah. not the finger. Yeah. It's the wrist making the vibrato. Yeah. And I'm not like a real big fan of the heavy metal vibrato, the really super wide vibrato that goes like from C sharp to <laughs> from C to Bruce, C sharp. I noticed you do a lot of that in your yeah, play. Yeah, it's Bruce. like just... That, no, that's that's yeah. really
2: because I have gas.
1: Yeah. But it's incredibly over exaggerated. The, the the metal vibrato is so over exaggerated. He plays a C and there's a there's a C sharp I and a B in it. You know what I mean? Like it's so wide. <laughs> It's just going wow, rah, rah 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 rah, and that actually drives me crazy. Stay I can't stand to hear vibrato. that. Yeah, I can't stand to hear that. Sh- I'm sorry, but I can't stand it. And wh- another thing that really bugs me is what the really- do you mean? It doesn't make you think it's nervous when somebody has <laughs> yeah. a vibrato. Oh well, that's God. not that vibrato. He's talking about the vibrato the that I was vibrato. Just about to mention next, <laughs> and that's the short wiggly vibrato, <laughs> yes. the one where it just goes. <laughs> it's that, like come here widow rabbit yeah, <laughs> right. come here you wasco that one drives me nuts too man that's a hard <laughs> one to listen to so I don't know if we've answered his questions but I, think I, I think that's it. as close as we can get Yeah, I
2: do the Elmer Fudd vibrato yeah. you know,
3: come <laughs> here widow <laughs> rabbit or
1: the Cher when you know
3: <laughs>
1: when the Cher's got that thing on yeah. the, or whatever yeah, yeah, on that's everything. ouch <laughs> that's
0: great
1: thank you that was a that's a new question i don't believe we ever got that
0: from mr brian wood thank you brian and uh his subject well i like these how the guys are presenting these questions like this his subject is physical strain and tension when playing and that could get back to your gas problem that you talked about before Bruce. Yeah,
2: definitely
0: (laughs) 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 message bruce troy and scott a word about physical tension when playing Scott specifically uh, was playing with chick easy for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that
1: had nothing to do with music. That had <laughs> to do with putting up with his personality. But did that come out in the playing? No. On the only thing that came out in the playing was the the desire to get the fuck off the stage <laughs> as soon as possible.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. I watch it. Uh, <laughs> he just says I watch older videos and I see a lot of tension and straining in the hands and y- faces. Yeah. The well,
1: you know what the there is a certain thing about rock guitar and and anybody can tell you that plays rock guitar bending strings is not easy there's a there's a you know there's a there oh, is yeah. a tension 0.008. there's a yeah. there's a well unless you're playing eights <laughs> yeah but i'm playing tens right. and it's hard to bend strings and if it doesn't show on your face you wouldn't be human i mean Ooh. it is hard to do a lot of the stuff that i do physically it's hard. My guitars are set up not for speed. They're set up for tone. The action's pretty high. The strings right. are kind of heavy. Yep. And and it's not easy to do some of the stuff that I do. So if I have to grimace when I do it, um, so girls be it. Girls like you know, it better. If they, well, if there were girls just, there, they'd like yeah, it. Yeah, if there were any girls there, they might like it. Bruce does yeah. a
0: great thing with the the blues. Yeah, races. and I've seen him
1: do it, and it's funny. And, yeah. and, and and Of
2: course, no one's ever there except
0: for Scott every now and then. <laughs>
1: But you but, know, that, that, and actually, don't but, you
0: find it annoying if you're seeing an amazing player? And I've seen players playing amazing stuff, and there's no—they're making it look easy. It just looks like it's ah, oh, whatever. I'm just I'm shitting today, and this is what's coming out, and there's no facial expression. But if you see a player maybe doing half as good as what they're doing, and they're gripping on every note, and this is fucking hard, that's way more entertaining to watch, right?
1: I guess from a visual standpoint, maybe, but but <laughs> okay, I, you maybe. know, I the, want
2: blood. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have blood. It's got to be like
1: gladiator. But you know, the thing is, is that I don't really know any guitar players that I've seen live that don't make a few guitar faces. I mean, almost everybody does. Everybody rule. does. Even Joe Zonal used to say, um, "Yeah, like when you get up there and make those guitar faces. You know, just it's just a funny thing. Like a keyboard player would never even." you know no why why is he making those faces right <laughs> saxophone players don't do that so it's just a funny thing to to other people to see guitar players do it but there's a reason for it cuz it's a difficult instrument to play that's it Yeah. period
0: for all those non guitar players out there it's hard what we it's do man it's not easy sometimes it's really hard
1: not not easy <laughs> it's like it's like but, digging but, ditches
2: but there there is like you know obviously you need a certain amount of tension to play the instrument. You, you, If you were a jellyfish, you couldn't play it. If you were so relaxed, like it wouldn't work. But to be as relaxed as possible while playing is going to aid your ability to move around easily and aid your ability to be less constricted when your ideas come to you to be able to access them. So... I'd like to kind of think of it as like a controlled tension. There's a certain amount in there, but you're always trying to dial it down to the least amount necessary so that the, the relaxation can, can, meta, can manifest itself in numerous ways. One is the ability to get around the instrument well. Another is to really spend more time with tone production than actually manufacturing the notes. Another is just being able to pay attention to what's going on around you because you're not so consumed in physical right. tension. So that's And that's why practice is so important because you just get used to moving around the instrument and knowing where the notes are and, and being comfortable with that part of it and finding the right amount of tension to get the tone you want and and the note production and the quality of sound you want and yet at the same time be free to really... Have that flow through you, and right?
0: Not be a fight when I think of any like tension and stuff. I think of Stevie Ray and going for those notes, and he's just like he's he, it's like he's fighting a fence post with barbed wire,
2: yeah. But is he really? I think you know, I mean, I think sometimes well, he was using like 13s, right? Right, right, but he was tuned down to E flat, yeah. But still, it's still pretty heavy. I mean, but... I'm using 14s, of course, I'm not bending them that much, but... yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, there's, of course, we're putting, I mean, but I really don't think what he's showing you is physical tension. I think what you're, he's showing you is emotional yeah, you're uh, right. angst yeah. that he's putting into his music. Yeah, it's, it's all, it's and, all and, and part and of that. And because of the controlled tension in his playing, it leaves more room to bring that into the yeah. game.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's good.
2: Uh, this is a
0: question from Sam Price. I think he's got the wrong podcast. He's, he, his subject is sight reading.
1: Boy, does he ever have the wrong podcast.
2: <laughs> well, I always mix two eggs with uh, <laughs> <laughs> with some butter and some cream
0: cheese before I put the onions in. Sam loves the show. It, uh, I especially find, uh, enjoy finding how players of different paths and style find these universal topics. Could you give a student advice on improving reading? What, you, what helped you? Is there anything you recommend practicing? Do you have any horror stories?
1: Uh, Bruce, you're more
0: of a... Are you, Scott, you're not a big site writer, Well, I've right? never
1: really had to, so I don't really have any horror stories because no one's ever made me read.
0: <laughs> that makes sense. Sorry, Rita.
2: I wouldn't put myself in the top tier, but I'm decent. Right. But you can get around. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you wouldn't really worry about giving me music to read. Um, Do it every day. Look at new stuff. Do a lot of work with just, if you're new to it, reading rhythms. I think where a lot of guitar players get in trouble is because if there's so many places to play a given note, they get all caught up in the looking at the notes, and if you play the rhythm wrong, whatever note you play, you're wrong. If you play the rhythm right, then you got a chance of being right. Hmm. So I would highly suggest that those people who are starting out wanting to learn to do it and I and I would suggest everybody should do it. I mean, would you prefer your child to be illiterate or literate? Yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily going to make them great that they know how to read, but it's sure going to give them access to a lot of great information. You know. So so I mean, so to sit there and maybe spend if you're starting out spending more of your time reading rhythms just sort of singing the contour of, of whatever you're reading and and the rhythms. You know, maybe tapping the time out and really getting comfortable with reading the rhythms. And then morph into playing simple songs and just constantly get more difficult. More, you know, I make the key signatures more difficult. And just read music that's going to be kind of like the music you're probably going to play. Yeah. So you're kind of getting, acclimating yourself to the style that you're into. But... Anybody who does it every day, for a half hour, is going to be better at the person who just does it every now and
0: then. Yeah, you know. But tiny,
2: my teacher gave me uh, the Louis Belson drum books. It's exactly a that great, one. awesome. Mm-hmm. It's a great. One. But I don't see any reason not to just like look at a piece of music, and maybe you can't nail the um, the notes, nail the notes by singing, yeah. but just to nail the rhythms, rhythm, and just kind of follow yeah. the contour of yeah. it. You know, to just get used to that kind of up and down and where all the rhythms need to be and the phrasing of it so that when you go to actually try to start nailing the notes, that other stuff is second nature to you.
1: But you you know what? I think it's just about reading in general. It's not, for some people, it's just not important to to know how to read. It just doesn't, it's not important for me. I couldn't care less about it. But I need to know how to 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 deal with the written page because I need to write charts for the people that I'm writing music for. And that's something I absolutely need to know how to do. And even just because my computer can write the charts for me doesn't mean that I can't look at them and follow through them and understand what's going on in them. I need to be able to do that to be able to change things I don't like, to be able to change note values when they show up wrong on the chart. You know how computer stuff is, like you enter a bunch of notes on a keyboard, but maybe you didn't play a note long enough to, to make it to the next note. So you've got to be able to recognize, oh, that rest shouldn't be there. I mean, what's the purpose of a 16th rest where, where it's just confusing and stupid, you know, and right. it just causes eye problems, right? So, you want the, so you've got to be able to recognize, wait a minute, that note's supposed to last over to the next note and fix it. So my reading is not so bad when it comes to recognizing music on a page where i suck is applying it to the guitar right where where like i have to read the page and not look at my guitar i can read the rhythms pretty good because i've dealt with rhythms a long time on the page from writing charts, but I have a hard time finding like, okay, what, whoops, the the hand is, it's like, where should I, oh shit, there's the G flat, ah, god damn it, there's, <laughs> and, the, and so I'm a terrible sight reader, right. but but if you give me a page of music, give me an hour with it and I'll nail it, Yeah. but it's just so much easier for me and a lot of people like me to learn it by ear, when someone says, okay, you need to learn my tune and they give you a tape or, yeah. a, or a CD or something, and you stick it in the your DAW and just you know just learn it by ear. Yeah. It, it's a lot easier for me to do that than it would be to read it. Yeah. But a lot of times I'm thankful that I have the chart, because if I can't hear something, like if there's it's ghost notes or shit or there's something weird, It's good to know. I have the chart, and yeah. I can refer to the chart to to, yeah. to find the right notes. Yeah. So certainly a good idea to familiarize I yourself mean, with the written page. Absolutely. Yesterday
2: I was in my... In my Studio at home and uh, I pulled out a really cool uh Bach cello Suites adaptation by Segovia <clears throat> you know I just played through it I mean I didn't sight read it like a bitch and I'm not a class I'm playing it on a on a steel string guitar yeah. You know, but I mean, I was playing through it, and I can get through it. you know, I can slowly get through it and make a few mistakes and go slow when it's a little more difficult. but I went through that there's like six page cello suite adapter for guitar, and I can do that yeah mm-hmm. and and man i've I heard a lot of really cool things, and love, love it, you know and
3: yeah. I wish was, I could do that. It, it, it
2: made me really, it was a fun hour of my life, yeah. you know, and and very edifying. And, you know, and I was working on it with hybrid picking, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, like Jimmy Weibel, his uh, etudes, you've heard those, right? Yeah, I love them. And I play Amazing. them hybrid style. And it used to, like, freak Jimmy out, you know And I mean, that I would do it that way. So, yeah. what are you doing? And I said, well, I want to have the pick in my hand in case I have to play, like, a run or something or I want to add something to it. You know, and he says. Well, then you have to use your little, you know. It's like, well,
1: so I just do. You know. I learned a few of those things from those his out of his book. Yeah. Those and, are so great. And yeah, they're awesome. And and I learned about four, maybe four, three or four. I can't remember. But it was worth the trouble of reading because to, of what I learned to get that to get that information. And it if you was did totally it every
2: day for a few weeks yeah, you it goes probably faster get a years, lot better faster. at it so, yeah. and probably yeah. not starting with that but start, yeah. starting with some other stuff yeah. I started
0: off with the, all the Mel Bay and the Berkeley. Though, books
2: those those graded methods are great yeah. you know a fake book is yeah. great just pull out mm-hmm. too I mean you're going to want to the play these inventions. tunes I love the, oh, Bach, the Bach inventions oh the Bach conventions are They're great they two part inventions you yep. find a friend yep. and you sit together and you just read a bunch of music and you get music. that stuff together it's amazing man but you know just sit and read tunes out of a fake book and play the melodies I mean what a cool way to learn the music, learn to read at the same time, and yep. challenge yourself. You know, A lot of different keys. And then maybe learn to read it while you do it with chord melody.
1: When I was in school you know at I MI, um, um, we had reading classes. We had to take reading classes. And at that point I was a much better reader than I am now because I had to go to class it. and you read and I had to do it. Yeah. And, and we used to play the duets all the time, students, and I actually got to where I could read fairly well. But then, after I got out of school, it just sort of <laughs> went the way. It. Though I just right went and you know, away. and
2: you if you have gigs like for me, when I have gigs and I'm reading more often, I mean, my reading gets better. Or if I have time to shed, and I'm in the shed reading stuff, you know, out of the various volumes of things I have, uh, yeah. I have accumulated over the years. Friends who've written books that they send me stuff, whatever, you know, and I'll read through it. And my reading gets way better, you know, the more I do it, and. Guys, imagine those guys who you know, studio guys who read every day, all day yeah. long. I mean, along with being great players, they can read their asses up. But, but yeah. that's
1: like a skill that they keep very sharp. On Jamie yeah. Glazier is a really good reader. Yeah. Guy that plays with Jean Luc Ponty, yeah, reads anything.
2: Larry Larry Kuntz is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ridiculous.
1: I probably told you, maybe I told you the story of the student I had at GIT one year, who his father. Had, he was an Australian kid, and his father had him working in his pit band since he was like six years old, right. playing guitar. And the guy, uh, I asked, Can you read anything? Like, he says, I can read anything at any tempo. And so I opened up the real book to Inner Urge, and he looked at it for a minute, and he looked at his neck, and he did some of these little, you know, kind of like just visualized it. And then he said, count it off. And I said, okay, here we go. One, two, one, two, three, four. And he just played it. And then he got to the. And he played it. First time. Sight read it. And I'm like. Isn't that impossible? Like, are you sure you were able to do that? Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me, that seems impossible. I've never seen a guitar player, maybe a piano player could do that, but I've never right. seen a guitar player do that. And he said, man, it just comes from the last 10 years of my life, every wow. day, reading with in my dad's band. Yeah. N- reading yep. everything. And he can do it, and, and it can so be David, done. You see, I mean, you should have like, had
2: this punk read every day <laughs>
1: but i just i was just like wow i was just like sort Who of knew? stupefied because i've never seen it done before yeah. on a on a guitar i've never seen it done like to that to, yeah. to to that degree we used to have you know of course
2: there was a lot of other things involved but um <laughs> we, we used to have little like read-offs with each other you know where we'd bet things and You know, we'd throw some music down and see who could get the closest to it. And whoever Mm -hmm. did, that's cool. Won or lost something. And and we just fought our way through it. You know, it was fun. And of course, you're hearing amazing music. You're getting, you know, it's like I say, would you prefer your child to be literate or illiterate? I mean, it's not, being literate ain't going to make them brilliant. It's not going to make them Mm -hmm. creative. You know what I mean? But it's going to give them access to a whole library of stuff that people have taken the time to write down yeah so mm-hmm. for all of us to just spend however much time you know if you're, you're going to play your guitar for three hours then spend 20-30 minutes reading new stuff every yeah. day and believe me after two three weeks you're going to be like way better at it and yeah. you're going to keep getting way better at it and if you're smart <clears throat> like i say start with the rhythms
0: that's what
1: well, I, you know i, I guess with start rhythms. with the rhythms and yeah. singing
2: then move it to the guitar. Well, yeah. you
1: know, after tab came along, and yeah. tab
2: oh, that ruined sort of so many people sort
1: of like took took over. You know, well, I, I don't I don't know if it ruined it, but it maybe it did. I I don't know really. I have no opinion on it, but but I just know that in the rock world, where it's not about reading rhythms because the rhythms are so clear. If you just listen to the music, you're going You've to get the it. rhythms. Yeah. You've got it. Yeah. So it's just about what to do with your fingers. And for beginners, I guess it was a great thing because all you do is put your finger where the chart tells you to put your finger. And I think it is a valuable learning tool. But when, you, when, you, when it comes to the point where you can't read rhythms because of tab, then, that's a, then you're, short, you're short-sighting yourself because, yeah. because learning rhythms is important. And, and learning to see <laughs> the rhythms on the page is important. I would say and, so. And,
2: and you've got to realize that tab is great if you already know what it sounds like.
1: That's right. Tab right. is great.
2: Right. I mean, it shows you where to put your fingers to get, to get it, to, the easiest way to play it, the best way to play it probably. Right, right. Um, and the guitar does present that problem, believe me. I'm, you know, I have a particularly strange technique. I much prefer to move up the neck than across the neck. You know, that's just the way I play. I don't look at the guitar like in a position. I look at the guitar kind of like from the nut to the bridge, you know. So, I pl- I finger things in stupid stupid ways where tab would help me out, you know, to show me the easiest way to do something. However, the written music gives you everything you need to know if you've never heard it to play it right. It gives you the rhythms, it gives you the notes, it gives you the phrasing. Gives you articulations. Mm-hmm. It does. When I, you know what I mean. So, so like, what do you want here? You know, yeah. I mean? You can look at a piece of music and hear it there, if you there, know how to read
1: There's another thing that's really important, especially in modern composers. They don't write chord symbols because often chord symbols will not work it, because it's a particular voicing that makes the song sound like the song, and so you can't write a chord chart. For some songs, I mean, some songs you can, but some songs you can't. They have to have a particular voicing, otherwise it won't sound right. You mm-hmm. can't just write A minor 7, because there's a million different voicings for A minor 7, and you want the one that makes it sound like the composer wanted it to sound like. So you don't write, like, in the charts for my songs, there are no chord symbols. Maybe during the solo changes, but in the song, they're written notes, stacks, Right. and... and, and and like when I had to write the charts for the vibe station play along thing where i where I borrowed a guitar- uh, well i fishman was kind enough to get, gave give me the guitar synth, and I entered the notes via guitar synth into the computer to write the charts and what was cool about it is that I could easily write a fingering thing along with the with the chord that would make you know where your first finger's supposed to be right and make it really e- just as easy as tab yeah. To, so not only do you have the rhythms of the chords, right, you yeah. have the actual notes of each voicing, and you know where to put your first finger. Right, and if
2: you've read and any classical guitar music, it's, that's all in there. Yeah, you know there yeah, has it, it has the, the fret that it's in right. it. if, if there's yeah. a, if it if they want you to have an open string versus a fingered string or what right. string it's going or even what finger they want you to use. Yeah, all that stuff is in the music. Yeah, if it's specific, you know, and I mean, and of course they they don't put it for everything because they know you kind of know what to do. If if you get to this spot and put your hand here, then the corresponding notes are going to lay out
3: real yeah, yeah. well for you.
2: I mean, that's all in that music. Sure, it, it's there. Of course, you know, and I'm not going to say it's not work to learn it, you know, I mean, come on, it was work that's for work. you, that's it was part. work for you to learn to read your language, <coughs> yeah. ours is English, except for, I mean, yours is Australian, but <laughs> ours is English, English. <laughs> but anyways, uh, ours is American, and no, um, but
1: would you want your child to be illiterate or literate, yeah. which would you prefer?
3: Yeah.
1: My, my charts, with my voicings, there's so many open strings in a lot of my chords, because that's, I, I can't stretch, like. Holesworth. So to get those nice small intervals, a lot of times I'll use an open string if I can. Yeah. And there's so many open strings that it would be so easy to figure out where the other two notes are because they can only be in a certain place since the string is open. Right. There's a big exactly. O there, so it's not rocket <laughs> exactly. science to figure out that yeah. that's that. You know, it, yeah. it makes it yeah. real easy. I mean, it's not that hard to read a chart like that. But I know I've seen enough. Um, like of Wayne Shorter's charts and, and, and Joe Zonel's charts, there are never chord symbols because they weren't brought up in that world. Right. They were brought up in the more classical way of thinking. Everything's a stack. Yeah. It, yeah. Everything is a group of notes. Even if it's a simple A minor chord, it, it's a, it, it might be an A minor 7 chord, but there's no 5th. And if you put the 5th in there, it spoils it. Yeah. It ruins the mood. Yeah. So. He purposely, it's like rather than write a minor seven <laughs> no five, <laughs> he just writes the chord out. Yeah, you know, yeah. duh, and and that the way it sounds like the composer wanted it to sound like. So it's it's a good thing to read. so whatever, it's a good thing to learn. I learned a lot of cool Don Andrea yeah.
0: stuff from knowing how to read. It's great. It's definitely worth it.
1: time I ever spent reading was with the Jimmy Weibel stuff. I got so into that because it, it was so, so cool. Great. It sounds, it so, sounds so cool and a What's lot of times it's just Jimmy Jimmy
2: Weibel had, did mostly, okay, Jimmy Weibel, great guitar player. Yeah. For those of you out there that don't know who he is, Google um, Weibel, W-Y-B-L-E. Jimmy Weibel, uh, he was a great guitar player. He played with Bob Wills and did a Western swing thing. Grew up in Texas, was into Charlie Christian, uh, came out to California, joined Bob Wills when Bob Wills was out in California doing the steady gig at Santa Monica Pier. Played with him for a long time. Ended up being in the studios a lot. Uh, Played with Frank Sinatra and Red Norvo, those bands. And then Jimmy kind of, in his later years, got into this two-part invention sort of way of playing. Mm -hmm. Where instead of, uh, instead of, Taking a song and just kind of like playing block chords and putting melodies on top, he would separate things and work like counterpoint.
3: Okay. Approach the guitar in
2: that. And he had a lot of etudes. There's a lot of books out of his etudes. Uh, One was like country jazz improvisation. Howard Roberts, when Howard Roberts had that publishing company, that's my favorite one of all of his books. But there's a lot of books out. David Oakes is another guy who put out a lot of his his etudes. Um, They're just studies about how to get through harmony. Using his way of, I mean, believe me, when I met Jimmy, he changed the way I heard music. Wow. He really did. Very few people in my life have had that kind of impact like Jimmy had. Mm -hmm. And I was so grateful to be friends with him and be tight with him towards the last parts of
1: his life. Yeah. Talk about having your own voice. Yeah. I mean, that guy just came up with a completely different approach. I mean, if
2: you heard him play with, like, Bob Wills or Frank Sinatra or any of those record dates he did, you wouldn't even know. He just kind of like found this way of looking at the guitar that we none of us had thought of. There's a guy named J- Sid, Jacobs, oh, Sid Jacobs, who's yeah. a real mm-hmm. uh, disciple of Jimmy's, yeah. who's got that style down about as good as anybody. Yeah. And um,
1: I didn't know that about Sid. I didn't know. Oh, that he Sid studied... and Jimmy were super tight. Really? And,
2: and yeah, and, and Sid can really get inside that style mm-hmm. as good as anybody. can. Wow,
1: I didn't know that.
0: Is Sid, Sid, a little cranky.
2: You you know you you were probably a student at MI. Yeah. You tell me. I don't know. He's I not cranky was, with me. I love him. I he's a dear, him. sweet, gentle, generous man. I'm getting mixed up somewhere. No, he is. I mean, but he's very much. Uh, he was always he's, like he's one yeah. dimensional. I mean, yeah. Sid kind of. He's one of those guys you play a gig with him you'll play and then you'll take a break and he'll continue to play the whole time. <laughs> and you can't talk to him because he's kind of off in some other world. Right. And then you go back and play some more and then you leave and he's still playing. You come back the next week, he's still sitting there playing. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of a Buddha kind of guy, you know. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I don't think, I don't see, all I know he's sweet and generous and a brilliant player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's more of a solo player, you know. I mean, that's his thing. You know, he plays by himself and he's got all that stuff going on. Uh, and, and like any of us, if you focus on one thing, like I'm more of a band time player, you know what I mean, a accompanist kind of thing. That's yeah. kind of where I've always worked, even though now I'm kind of doing more of a solo thing. This is very late in the career to go that way. So that's kind of my strength is throw me in with a bunch of guys and I'll make it work. you know. Sid's thing is more like by himself, that's right. his strength. you know, and so why you know why does that end? when well, you're playing by yourself, you're not used to like listening to other people as much. You know what I mean? And right. you're not used to interacting and figuring out what's needed because new shit's happening all the time. Whereas when you're playing solo, you're kind of in control of everything all the time.
0: What's what's the Jimmy Weibel book you got? Jimmy
2: Weibel. To? My favorite book was one that I think it's like country classical guitar. Mm-hmm. Something like that it's called. But David Oaks again did a Jimmy Weibel thing, I think, for either Hal Leonard or Mel Bay. And there's numerous ones, and they're 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 his etudes. They're called etudes. They're two part inventions.
1: Yeah, mine are two part inventions, but I don't know the name of the book. I'd have to look in my thing. It's orange. That's all I know. It's an orange book, and it's not thick. It's it's very small. It's only it's only like maybe twenty things in there. Yeah, yeah. But um, they're amazing. Every one is amazing in its own little way. And I just remember going in to see him play it at it, it MI when he would come in on the days, and I would just sit in his room and just listen to him play, and the only thing that ran through my mind was, nobody in the world plays like this guy does. It, right. it, it just, yeah. it, he had such a unique voice with that two-part thing that he, he was doing, and it was just brilliant to listen to, and so economic, you know, because he's not playing these big, huge... You know how most guitar players they're stretching and every single note (laughs) on the guitar, and they're they're making it into a big orchestra. This guy was like going to hear two saxophone players playing a duet, or or (laughs) a Bach two-part invention. Yeah, like that. Ah, Yeah, it was. It was just what he was doing, and the way he found the way to move lines together was just amazing. But it it was. It
2: was also. I mean, at least this is what I took away from it was that um, in a lot of ways. It was just a different way to look at the guitar. Because a lot of that stuff, if you sit and played it, yeah, you could learn it like an etude. But me, I don't like to do that. I like, besides reading it, I like to figure out what makes it all work. Mm-hmm. And whereas, whereas we would, let me take this guitar because you can kind of hear it. You know, whereas we would just like ooh, play like a G seven or something, right? And we'd go kind of a vibe. He right. would go,
1: mm-hmm. you
2: know, so he'd take it apart.
1: He'd separate the notes out. Oh, wow. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: When all I did was...
1: Yeah, just se- separating.
2: But i I change it. Yeah, right? You know what I mean? You know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, he may he, he, he may just playing through changes sound like a classical. Light. Yeah, wow. and and
1: and and you can do that in a in even even guys that just know voicings can make that happen by simply playing two strings of the voicing at a time. Right, and I
2: mean what and, I just did there and, was not really. Some of it was a little bit of a Jimmy thing that I remember. A lot of it was just me just kind of copying what Jimmy sounds like to me. Right. And I would do that with Jimmy. I would go, Jimmy, well, if you can do this, what is is this cool? You know, he was like always, mm-hmm. yeah. And I would be showing him basically what I was doing with his stuff. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Jody Orr yeah. even even did that a lot where you just, he just, instead of playing a chord, he just like, say, play the E string and the G string. Right. And then the, D, then the B string and the D string. Exactly. And then not all the time like with the same voicing but like here's a voicing where it's the E and the B or yep. the, sorry the E and the G and here's a different voicing with the D and right. the B right went through a progression so it went through kind of like a progression and it's one of those things that's really easy to do because you already know the chords all you have to do is just make your fingers hit different strings, different strings. and it separates the chord out and it and it sounds Way different because you're not getting the sound of that block chord. Yeah, that it's more you, voice leading oriented. Yeah, and I'm not really saying that I'm all that great at it. I can do it to some degree, and I do. I try to do it every chance I get because, especially being a distortion player, four notes don't often sound good together, but two do. Yeah. yeah. So I can play a chord and decide just hit the B string and the in the D string or the E string and the G string, and I get these intervals that are interesting, and with distortion, they're not mud. Yeah, yeah. So for me, the Jimmy Weibel influence has been really nice. It's been important for me being a distortion guy because you play wow. two notes at a time instead of a big old muddy chord. Right, and for b- me, I was chord. always into voice leading.
2: You know, that's mm. my whole thing. Yeah. Uh, to, to hear it in a, more, in a more contrapuntal lens rather than a... Uh, no because like until I hung what did you J- just call me Contrapuntal.
1: Called, called you a contrapunt
2: anyways, anyways but you know like contrapunt because like where I was like a block of notes with a voice leading scheme <laughs> right that's really where I came from with all the piano players who kind of taught me how to
1: play you got to show me some of that shit and, man. and uh, sure I, wa- uh, I want to know some more of that stuff and
2: then but when Jimmy hit me it was like oh no it's more like approaching your stuff like a Bach two part invention you know like separating out the parts rather than having the block with the voice leading yeah mm-hmm. and uh it really it like I say it changed the way I heard the guitar it really wow. I mean and there's very few people in your life if you're yeah. lucky you know you'll get you'll get half a dozen of those in a life yeah
1: game. I have to say the first time I heard him I had never I can safely say I never heard anything like it right and Just that that's the kind of thing different when you hear
2: thing. when you have that half a dozen players who like make you hear the music in a new different way, you're a lucky person.
1: You yeah. know what he said to me one time it was really funny too is he 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 said, "I want to let me play this new thing I've been working on and I was the only guy in the room and he started playing and he made a mistake and he said, "Oh, excuse me, I get nervous playing in front of good players." <laughs>
3: Yeah. and no, I no, was no. like,
1: "What? Are you kidding me?" Right. He was the most self-deprecating <laughs> guy yeah. in the world. It was just so funny. Like, what? I, it's just me. I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not even close to being on your level. I'm just. But he also was such just, a perfectionist.
2: You know, you know? I mean, because yeah. I, I, got yeah. him to actually play with my band, Cowbop, because we were playing Western swing, and you know, he, he started with Bob Wills, you know, and he had real hard time doing it. Because he was such a perfectionist. And it's like, get used to it, man. You know, if you're going to play music, you're going to make a mistake like every two seconds. Mm-hmm. Unless you work it all out in advance and practice yeah. it a million times and then play it like it's a piece. Right. Right. If But if you're just going to play jazz, you're just going to make mistakes. But he had a real, i got to say, you know, that was his drive. He would play the most brilliant shit and then kind of hit a clam, whatever. Like I do every literally second or other second and and he would like freak out about it and be pissed off and want to quit right whereas i would go well like the
1: world's angriest guitarist yeah yeah
2: whereas i would like well i did that again you know yeah you know
1: i've always thought of myself as a guy that can play some incredibly hip shit for about 15 seconds. Right. And then I'm bound to play wow, something that's that clunky <laughs>
2: and horrible. Dude, that's really great. 15 seconds is like <laughs> a seconds, lifetime.
1: 15 seconds. Like, I feel like I can kind of hang in there 15 seconds. I'm going to play some badass shit. And then it's going to, whoops. I either hit a clam or play a really clunky phrase that lands on a really stupid note.
3: All I can <laughs> say is
1: if I go, had pearls in all my it. clams, I'd be a millionaire. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I just go, God damn it. But the beauty is I'm finally, at my in my old age, not hating myself because of it. And you don't give just a shit. A, not, like well, I mean, I, 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 mean give a shit, but, I give a shit, but I just know that I'm, I'm enjoying being human.
2: Yeah, well, you know what I mean?
1: You're doing the best you can. I'm doing the best I can. And and sometimes that is influenced by a lot of stuff that's not in my control. So whatever. I just do the best I can. And Some nights are great, some nights suck, and some nights are mediocre, but it's all fun. Well, wow. it's, it's, it's not because you don't try your best. No, it's not because I don't try. I'm always trying my best, even in those rooms where <laughs> it sounds like you're playing in a bowling
3: Same alley.
0: Like <laughs> well, i got to say, well that was that a great a long answer that was yeah a good
3: question. but it was a great question was
2: and the jimmy weibel right oh
3: man yeah man
1: i just I can't mean, tell weibel. you one of the geniuses how, of guitar, how much sure. he
2: influenced me and both and as, as a person he's just yeah. such a sweet he was, was the where sweetest was guy from? ever jimmy was from beaumont texas i believe okay uh and the funny thing is is you know he moved out to la yeah with a friend of his cameron hill and they joined Bob Wills. Well, Bob Wills was like the Texas Playboys, and they were mostly based in Tulsa. Right. But at the time, like the World War II time, the four, early forties. Yeah. That's when Jimmy joined, and that's when Bob was out on the West Coast. So they came out to the West Coast from Texas, and join you know, and they were country boys, and they joined Bob Wilson's Texas Playboys. Um, and the funny thing about it is. Like Charlie uh, Jimmy's thing with Cameron was they did Charlie Christian solos and they would work out twin guitar parts for it, like a harmony part. Kind of like, like, kind of like, Skinner. like, Dick, like Dickie Betts and Jazz uh, Jazz
1: Leonard Skinner. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean <laughs> or like
2: or like the Owen brothers, right? <laughs> right. I mean and, and, and they had all these mm. all these Charlie Christian solos and if you listen to the, when when he joined Bob Wills' band. They played those solos in the band. There's like Flying Home, an Airmail special, and, and the Bob, you'll hear Bob Wills play Western Swing, you know, and these guys are playing those solos as part of Bob <laughs> Wills' band. That's cool. Right. And you know, the funny thing is, like, he was totally into Charlie Christian, who was the jazz guitar player at the time. And Jimmy, I, it's so funny, I like to say, well, Jimmy, you know, you're a jazz guitar player? He goes, no, oh, no. I was a country player. Well, Jimmy, you were playing Charlie Christian solos, right? He says, yeah. Well, Charlie Christian's a jazz guitar player. Yeah. So you were a jazz guitar No, I was a country
3: player. <laughs> and, and he never once wavered from that. And, like, <laughs>
2: and the only thing I could ascertain, basically, was it was because he was white and he was from the sticks, Right. That he thought he, of himself as a country player. Because he was playing the exact same music and the exact same, actually to the note, Yep. Charlie Christian, along with his own solos, yep. which sounded very much like it, he was playing Charlie Christian solos. It's <laughs> like, you call that jazz, but you're not playing jazz. You're playing that, you know? And I could never get him to waver. He was, yep. no, we were country players. How old know. was he when he passed? He passed in his mid 80s, mid late 80s. Oh, okay. And, so he was around a while. And, oh, yeah. And, and yeah. I, I, was, I was fortunate when I started coming down here to to move down here. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy was one of the first guys, and he, of course, loved my band, Cowbop. Yeah. And, uh, he was a real ladies man too. Oh really? He loved Pammy, my wife. <laughs> and uh yeah, 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 he was such a. And you know, and he was tweaky. Jimmy throughout his life, he's famous for for kind of a bad temper, right. having problems with people.
0: Was he a playboy kind of guy?
2: I don't know that, but uh you'd have to ask the guys that knew him. When yeah. I knew him, he was just a very much a ladies man, but he was in his 80s, you yeah. know, and his wife had died and he was so devastated by her death, so devastated. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he had com- contemplated just ending it all numerous mm. times. Yeah, because you know, how much he loved her and missed her. Yeah, and I know that he really cherished having friends like me and Larry Koontz. Yeah, so that uh, you know we really and Dave Kuntz was just like his best friend. And that's the first time I met him. I was playing a gig in Vegas, and Jimmy Weibel and Dave Koontz just showed up at my gig. Yeah. And uh, that would be in the early '80s. But um, he just had another way of looking at it. Once he threw his guitar off the Santa Monica Pier, he is—he was so down on his playing. I think he (laughs) threw like an old Charlie Christian model ES-150 right off the pier, Mm. and wanted to quit. And they talked him out of it and had him back on the bandstand. You know. Wow. So he had, you know, I mean, he had some. And there were times he got really mad at me. He took something I said totally the wrong way. And we had to, you know. We could become friends again, yeah. So that's what
0: Um. I love about guitar wank is learning shit like that. Yeah, it's interesting. I never knew
1: that about him. But of course I only saw him just walking in his room and hearing him play. We we had conversations sometimes, but it were they weren't about anything deep. It was just And he was so
2: self I mean he you know, he would tell you how much he admired your playing and how much he thought you were great, you know, and how much he thought he was shit. And he really meant that. I mean, he just was, you know what I mean? You know, here we were, here I was with a giant, you know what I mean? And he was like blown away by me and like, Hated his own playing. Well, we're
3: all like that to some extent. But he was
2: like he really meant it. It wasn't an affectation. Oh, I suck, so I would say you're great. You know, it was really the way he felt. Well, he sure didn't suck. That's for sure. No, no, he was brilliant. He was brilliant. And and, but he was very down on his playing. And you know, I imagine getting you know to that age. Like I saw Gene Burton Cini, who's somebody. If you guys don't know who this is, he's a great jazz guitarist Uh who needs to be researched. Um, He's eighty, or I think. He played guitar night. Last night. You know, and there's a lot of, you know, 80-year-old stuff. You know, the the guitar is not an easy instrument to play at any age, you know, and he was going for shit that was really impossibly hard to do and Mm -hmm. he was missing a lot of it, you Mm -hmm. know, and it was not coming out the way he wanted, but he was still fighting it, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. in a beautiful way. Yeah. Jimmy would have probably been so down on himself for those mistakes. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy was older than that. You know what I mean? That, that it really was hard for him. Whereas Gene has seemed to have found, well, I'm as good as I can be and I hear this music and I'm just going to throw myself at it. <laughs> I love that <laughs> attitude. And man, don't give a fuck. And I, and I think that's something like really obviously in my playing. Yeah. You, know, that's, you
1: that, know, that is something that uh, Dennis Chambers told me he said, The reason I love your playing, and it was funny hearing it, is because he said, You don't fucking care. <laughs> you just like, you well, go for obvious. shit. <laughs> it's like, you go for shit, you and you later. might make it or you might not <laughs> make it, but it's not gonna stop you from trying. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and I took that as a big compliment because I do make a lot of mistakes, but I always, if I have an idea, I try to stick with that idea and try to work it through. And I don't give up on the idea because I can't <laughs> find the right notes. Yeah. I just hit the wrong notes <laughs> and keep the idea. A lot of mistakes that's, and a lot of flubs. That's, but it's that's uh, what you
2: guys have in common. You guys well, do. Well, that, that, that's totally. I mean, it's a good example of me. Yeah. I mean, it's not. I'm not. I never even think about making mistakes. It never even enters my mind till I end up making them. And then, yeah. And then I just don't have time to really hate myself enough for them because I'm busy trying to keep the music going and, and maybe use the mistake to my advantage or get through the mistake or whatever but yeah. you know Jesus Christ you know I mean it's just the way it is you know and uh, that's the way everybody who I ever loved played and it's the way the guys who taught me how to play yeah. played and damn you know what's the point of doing this if you're not going to give 100% that's, that's pretty
0: cool well, we're going to get on to another question